Hi, I'm Rachel Stern, born in Jersey, grew up in New York. This is my ghost story. Ooh. Okay, a little background. When I was a little girl, I got fevers a lot. And I would have, well, I thought they were dreams, but to me, I really kind of genuinely believed I would astral project. So my whole life I've had this kind of like connection to other planes. Fast forward to 1998, the year I get my equity card, doing hair at North Shore Music Theater up in Beverly, Massachusetts. Now, Beverly, when you enter Beverly, you tend to exit Lynn and vice versa. And in the middle there is Salem. So it's a pretty haunty place. So all the leads in the show got to stay at the cast house. I stayed at a beautiful home. It looked brand new, except all the furniture inside was original silk and satin furniture from the 1700s. It was a couple who lived there. They didn't have any kids. Uh, they said, whatever you'd like, where would you like to sleep? Do you want to sleep in the bedroom next to ours? Or we have the attic. And I said, what has the television? And they said, the attic. I said, I will go to the attic. The attic is fine. Now, to describe this attic, you go up these very creaky stairs. Imagine three twin beds, all facing different directions. None of them in places where you would put a bed. Several little circular rugs on the floor. A wicker table with two wicker chairs facing it on one side. And on the other side, a wicker bench. Then a treadmill and a television. So for me, the television is what I needed, you know, just to hear things. It was my first time doing theater away from my home and I was by myself. So television was a, a great comfort. So the first night I was there, I am lying in bed. I finally shut off the TV and I'm hearing all sorts of very strange noises and I'm attributing it to being an old house. But the creaks were getting more and more specific because it was every time I closed my eyes, I would hear one. And then I would open my eyes and there was no noise. And then at one point I hear rocking and I open my eyes and I realized that one of the chairs that was facing the wicker table was now facing me and rocking. And you know, when you're about to fall or you're terrified and all the blood leaves your face and you feel like I can't scream if I wanted to. So I begged the ghost not to kill me. I said, hello, spirit. My name is Rachel. I'm really, 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 really scared right now. I am not here to hurt you, disturb you. I don't want to step on your toes. Um, if you are not here to hurt me, that would be really cool. And if you could give me any sign that you mean me no harm, I would really appreciate that. Not a second later, I hear click, 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 click up the stairs. And it's their dog, Rufus, this beautiful Irish setter lab doggy. And this is what he proceeds to do. He walks around 
every single piece of furniture in the room. He walks around every twin bed, every circular rug, every chair, every table, and then jumps in bed with me. And their kitty cat ran up after, I think her name was Madison, and she jumped in the bed and I slept with both of them in the bed. So I was like, well, that was really cool because she's not angry and she doesn't want to hurt me and I get to sleep with two animals. So the next day I went outside to have coffee and the couple was there who owned the house. And they were like, how was your first night? I said, well, your place is haunted. And they went, oh, how did you know? And then I told them what happened and then how Rufus and Madison came to sleep with me and she dropped her coffee. <clears throat> she goes, those animals don't go up in the attic and they certainly don't spend time next to each other. In fact, we usually have to keep them separated because they hurt each other. I said, well, they slept with me last night. Um, and then they explained to me that there was an old lady that lived in the closet. When you come in through the front door and you have to go past this closet to go up the stairs. So for the next few days, I would come in the house, turn all the lights on, run upstairs, turn those lights on, come back all the way downstairs, shut the lights off as I went upstairs. I was like, I can't handle this anymore. I can't handle this. And they were asked me when my birthday was. And I told them, I said, it's August 19th. I'll be here for my birthday. And they were like, okay, just let it make sure you'll, you'll be here for your birthday. I'm like, absolutely. And that night I packed all my shit up and I went to the cast house and I didn't show up back to that house until it was time to pack where there was a half eaten cake on the counter for my birthday. And I felt so bad, but that shit was so haunted. I couldn't take it. That's my ghost story. Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I are in shock. I'm extremely upset. Dear Ann My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy to hear that. My wife is working on a casino woman here at She thinks way too much of herself. She had to get married. Dear Pod. concerned about this well because because you're going through something i didn't know what else to bring you you're very kind and you're making my ass huge <laughs> i agree with your husband why does he keep shoving donuts and things down a don't eat them don't you dare eat them i don't i don't you're know if disgusting. they're good i, I bought huge. marcus a cake for his birthday and um where, where is this from donna bella donna, donna bells it's across the street from my house donatello's and <laughs> what kind of cake was this just from my mother it is like a strawberry, raspberry, white icing cake. It's gorgeous. It's, oh. it's amazing. Um, but then I, you know, I walk in. I have to like, like, I have to like, since I have resting bitch face, it's like I have to like leave the house with smiles on. Otherwise, everyone thinks I'm just an asshole. So yeah, I'm always like. Yeah, but then you like, look psychotic. Right. You do, a smile you, doesn't work on your face. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't fit. <laughs> it goes square. I don't understand. It's like. Uh. <laughs> yeah, see, it's like a rectangle. It's just like a straight line. It's like, it's like if Charlie Brown's picture day. Yeah, your Kathy comic strip. <laughs> So I walk in, I'm like, hi, good morning. Like, as if I'm talking to every cat on the street. You know, like, hey, how are you? Look at that cute little kitty. And he's like, no. It's like, like he could say, like, uh, the kitchen, like, we did, we dropped your cake and it's not going to be ready. I'm like, great. Okay. When's it going to be ready? <laughs> like, 
positive factory. Not even. And then like you, all right, I'll see you later. And then you walk across the street, and like the like the smile drops. And you're just like and you punch somebody in the throat. Whoever happens thr- to walk by, throw an old woman out Rick of her Moranis, walker. Get the whatever. fuck out of here! <laughs> Knock Jesus Rick Moranis Christ. out. <laughs> that why was me. He, why does that guy keep getting hit? Well, as long as people keep going to Donna Bellatella's <laughs> bakery extraordinaire, he was looking. He was looking for Zool, and she's the gatekeeper. <laughs> All I can think when when I found out Rick Moranis got punched. All I can think of is the scene when he goes bonkers and he goes up to the horse right by um, Tavern on the Green in Central uh. Park and he goes, the, the gatekeeper's coming, pass it on. And then he runs away and the guy who's manning the horse, the carriage, goes, what an asshole. That's all I can think about the whole time. <laughs> uh, thoughts and prayers go out to Rick Moranis. Oh, thoughts and prayers. I hope that this will encourage him to make Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Got Punched in the Face five. Right. Okay. The, the Scotchy had his leg surgery. My dog had double leg surgery this past week. Very stressful experience. But, and, and the, the, the vet, like the one that we brought him to, this, this surgeon is phenomenal. But there's something about the office, the techs. I don't exactly know what the vet techs are doing in there. I have been told by like three or four people when I've asked a question to call in. I'm like, oh, well, how's he doing? Um, has he gone to the bathroom yet? That was a thing that I had talked to the doctor about. Like they were waiting for him to go to the bathroom before they could release him. And um, many times when I had called, I just got the answer, I don't know. That casually. It was like, oh, did he go to the bathroom? Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know in a medical setting, any should never be part of the vernacular. It should be, let me ask somebody. Let me find out. This is where Jim rolls the clip in uh, Terms of Interment, where uh, Shirley McLean goes fucking nuts on the nurse because Deborah Winger needs her meds. Don't think for one second that I am not Shirley McLean. Excuse me. It is after 10. Give my daughter the pain shot, please. Mrs. Greenway, I was going to. Oh, good. Go ahead. In just a few minutes. Well, please, it's, it's after 10. It's after 10. I don't see why she has to have this pain. Ma'am, it's not my patient. It's time for her shot. You understand? Do something. All she has to do is hold on until 10. And it's past 10. She's in pain. My daughter is in pain. Give her the shot. You understand? You're going to behave. Give my daughter the shot. Thank you very much. Well, I'm hurt every day of my life. Yeah, I would say so. Yes, I talk to dead people. Um, Sometimes you just jump on a piano and just start singing for no yeah, reason. Yeah, but I fully was like, where's my baby? I need to know what's going on with my baby. Pay attention to me. She is a mood. Shirley MacLaine, in terms of endearment, is the mood of 2020, which is someone do something. Mm-hmm. Welcome <laughs> to Dear Pod, the spooky comedy advice podcast. I am your host, Alfred Hitchcock. And I'm Angelica Houston. Oh, and we're coming to you from the haunted Maha Bar in the beautiful pineapple, scary haunted ranch. Can I hear it? So first of all, what I want you to do, swirl the whiskey around. Take it up and say, hello. How are you? Quite well. Thank you very much. Mm. 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 Ew. Oh, stop. Is this haunted whiskey? 
hello there. <laughs> what the hell did we just listen to? That is the guy. What's his name? Richard something Patterson. or other. Richard Patterson. He bought us dinner. That guy bought us dinner. He is the mm. master taster. Mm. Distiller. Master distiller. He's a master. T- he tastes whiskey. Sure. For um. Look at he know what's the exact term? He's the master blender distiller. And he's, a master, he's a master blender, he's a master distiller. At, at the Dalmore. At the Dalmore. So if you don't already, and you should, please follow us on all your wicked social media at Dear Pod Official on your Instagram, your Twitter, your face place. Um, visit our macabre website, dearpodofficial.com, where you can download every single last episode. If you don't have it already, you need to get there. Go there right now. Evil. And speaking of evil, <laughs> check out our eerie email, dearpodofficial at gmail.com, to send us your weekly advice questions. And finally, and most importantly, our petrifying Patreon page. Patreon.com slash dearpodofficial. Give me another eerie sound. Oh, no, that's just a really shitty whistle. Yeah, sorry. That's how I whistle. <laughs> So with Patreon, when you join our scary Patreon page for either three or only $5 a month for the price of a cup of chai latte. So you get extra special Patreon perks like this week, for example, our haunted theme, our ghostly theme. You will be receiving in your email an extra ghost story. That's right, because throughout this entire episode, we are going to be dropping, peppering, gently entering into the stratosphere fear ghost stories from listeners fans friends family anything that begins with friends, f family friends family so people have called in to us and shared their creepy creepy stories you should join our patreon page or regret it forever Hello, everybody. I'm Brooklyn Jones. I am a stand-up comedian from New York, but I currently live in Los Angeles. Okay, so here are my ghost stories or my ghost story, whatever. Um, I was that creepy kid, the I see dead people kid. So uh, my first experience with a ghost that I remember was me sitting in my apartment with my mom. We were in the living room and there was a chair in the corner and, you know, kids just everything's new to them everything seems normal so seeing a random person in my house wasn't too weird to me I just asked my mom hey mom who's that guy sitting over there <laughs> and my mom's like what guy and I'm like the man he's sitting in the chair right there and she's like I don't see a man what does he look like and I basically just described him I said you know he has on a brown jacket he has a he's smoking a pipe and he has on a hat so my mom just like kind of freaked out that was my first story that I remember. As a child, I used to see spirits often. Um, there was one apartment that we lived in where I would see every night I would see two spirits outside my door. Kind of the way like if you see a celebrity in their dressing room and you see the two bodyguards standing outside their door, they would stand on either side of my door like that. So in retrospect, I feel like maybe they were protecting me from something because they were there every night. And at the time, it wasn't the best neighborhood. 
Um, I also saw a dead lady in the closet at that same apartment. I opened the door and in the closet and there was just a lady sprawled out on the floor. And I said, mommy, there's a dead lady on the floor in the closet. So my mom runs over to the closet. Of course, she opens the door and there's no one there. So at these times, I wasn't really scared because I was just used to seeing things, you know, so it was just nothing to me. But there was this one particular ghost that scared the crap out of me. My mom and I lived in an apartment on um, the I think it was the Upper West Side, like West 96th Street or something like that in New York. And it was a railroad flat. So for anyone who doesn't know what a railroad flat was, it was a one bedroom, but each room stood directly next to each other so you don't turn any corners to get into a room so you're in the bedroom if I look out of the door of the bedroom the living room was there and I could look straight through the living room into the kitchen so it's like a railroad you can look straight through the whole apartment through the doorways so I'm sitting in the bedroom with my mom I look through the living room and into the kitchen and there's a lady standing in my kitchen right in front of the refrigerator and I knew she wasn't a normal lady because I could see through her at the same time as seeing her and I was a kid so we had those little colorful magnets on the refrigerator you know where you can spell your name or whatever I could see the ABC magnets through her gown she had on like a a hospital gown and she didn't look I think the reason that this woman scared me more than the other ghosts is because the other ghosts look like people she didn't look like a person she looked kind of like you know those little trolls, the little treasure trolls dolls with the with the colorful hair? She looked kind of like that. She was like this short lady with this wild, crazy hair. She had these huge eyes. And at the time, I didn't know what veins were. So I called them cracks because <laughs> there were like red veins in the whites of her eyes and her eyes were huge. She just looked like a raging maniac. Her eyes were wide and her hair was wild and she just looked nuts. And I happened to look in the kitchen and I saw her and I freaked out and I'm screaming, mommy, there's a lady in the kitchen. She's scary. And my mom's looking, she's like, wait, I'm like, she's right there. I'm like, I'm like, she's ugly. And she has cracks in her eyes. And my mom is like freaking out. My mom's not like those moms in the movies where they're like, oh, it's just your imagination. And they don't believe you. My mom believed me. So she's like, where is she? And I'm like, she's right there. And my mom's like get dressed so we like jump up and we start hustling we're putting on our clothes putting on our shoes like freaking out and I'm crying my eyes out screaming and the scariest part about it was like as I'm getting dressed like I'm looking down to you know pull up my pants or whatever and I'll look up each time I look up she's about a foot closer so I look down look up she's a little closer look down look up she's a little closer but each time I look up she's a foot closer by the time we're completely dressed she's right in the doorway of the bedroom that we're in this doorway is the only way to get out of this room so now we have to leave and she's in the doorway so my mom's like come on let's go and I'm like no no she's right there and I'm crying my eyes out and my mom's literally dragging me while I'm throwing this tantrum because she's dragging me toward towards this thing and I'm like no like screaming my eyes out crying and my mom's dragging me towards the door and she literally dragged me right through this thing right through it and I just like lost my mind we ran for the door and as my mom's like fumbling with the door trying to open it I look back to see like if the thing's still there and it's there watching us leave so we left 
and we went running down the street and it was like a diner a couple of blocks away we went into the diner and I'm kind of oldish so we didn't have cell phones when I was little uh there was a payphone at the diner and my mom called her friend her friend was like this real spiritual lady she was like real Erica Badu-ish <laughs> so my mom calls her and she's like there's something going on in our house there's like spirits or something so this lady comes to our house and she blesses the house and she lights all those you know those glass candles with the saints on them and she's like lighting incense and sage and like blessing the house and um we didn't live there much longer I think we lived there maybe two weeks and we moved out of there so yeah that's my ghost story from childhood wait before we begin oh. can I ask you a question do you have any personal ghost stories anything that you have experienced that has been otherworldly no no I don't think I think I think I'm just too. You would so not be welcoming. Like if I was in the in-between plane between life and death and I hadn't moved on yet and I was walking around being like, who should I haunt today? It wouldn't be me. It would not be you. I sometimes I feel like I'm Madeline Kahn and Clue when it's like, who's ever up there? I'm coming. <laughs> you better. And then it's like, well, it's with, you I better am- watch out. <laughs> <laughs> now my sister someone told me that um oh wait i'm sorry I, yes when we went to that weird tuberculosis hospital for marx's family reunion and they said that the house was haunted and the dog w- was in the basement and kept howling and then when i had those nightmares of the guy hanging out the window yes <laughs> you can't I'm tell about the actual creepy ghost story that fast you don't bullet point a ghost story whoever sat around a campfire being like, oh, so I was at this haunted house, dog started to bark, saw a guy hanging out the window, almost killed me. The end. No, you didn't build any. Well, because I don't think, because it was more of like a dream, like I fell asleep. And That's so they come to you, though. So the, the, I think we've talked about this, too. So Marx's family had a family reunion at this, quote unquote, resort, which was used to be an old tuberculosis hospital. Like you do. Right. Why are we always turning old tuberculosis hospitals into like don't luxury know. resort no, hotels? We don't need to do that. No. It's not like, yeah. There's a prison in Boston that's been turned into a fantastic five-star hotel. Absolutely never will I go there. And it's there's a bar in there called The Clink. No. It's like a, hey, people were murdered yeah. here and shivved, <laughs> yeah. but. <laughs> I'll be right back. I have to go to the bathroom. Then you go to the bathroom and then you're trapped in like a series of mirrors and you can't get back out. When you open up the door to get back out, you're in a different time. Such an easy no. portal. Yeah. But as long as you have a Cosmo in your hand while you're doing it. I'll be fine. I just have steak to sandwich. sip slowly. Yeah. So, okay. He, it was a tuberculosis so, hospital. Um, so apparently, like, the first night, Marx's brothers brought his dog, and the dog would run down to the basement and would get scared and whimpered and, like, barked and came back up. Oh. And so would never go downstairs to the basement. Um, I thought it was creepy when we came up because it looked haunted it just looked like an abandoned haunted place yeah and um i'm like this is just weird it just you know it just doesn't feel like warm like i don't know why we're here no it's a, it's like the set for a ryan murphy right like there's no show. like oh here's a nice patio it's like i guess we can stand out here by this weird tree <laughs> and have lunch you know uh, nothing's really like relaxing kind of, yeah nothing's really like inviting to be there. No. You know, it's dark on the inside. And you stay here, you go. Right. Uh-huh. And um, and so the room is set up like, uh, you know, two queen-size beds. Marcus sleeps in one. I slept in the other. Close oh, by the window. Virgins. 
And um, I'm like, okay. And it's like super quiet. And then I dreamt that there was someone outside the window. And I woke up. And it happened like several times. I woke up and I was just like, holy shit, holy shit. Because I, I normally don't have nightmares. Yeah. And I had like this intense nightmare. And I'm like, um, and now I'm awake. And I'm awake in this hospital that has a gazillion rooms. It's like four floors. I already know about the dog in the basement. <laughs> And I'm looking around and I'm like, uh, I try to go back to bed and I went into Marx's bed because I was like, uh, I'm not doing this alone. You dragged me <laughs> to the middle of fucking nowhere and I'll be sure as shit fucking not being dragged through this window in the middle of the night. Without my hand on your ankle. Yeah, you're going to have some claw marks. <laughs> we're going to make some memories here yeah. this weekend. And, and we're not like a snuggler. We're not like bed snuggler. So I'm like, I like linked on him like a <laughs> like a bag of monkeys. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> the elbows. I'm right here. Don't worry. I've had a nightmare. Because I'm the person, I'm not like the type of person that's like, I'm having a nightmare. I'm not going to wake you up. I'm like, I'm having a nightmare. Someone's outside the window. Good night. And then like oh my handcuffing God. myself to him. He did not wake you when he had a bursting appendix mm-hmm. and you woke him because you had a Because Scooby-Doo was out the fucking yep. window. Uh-huh. It was Salem's lot. Somebody's <laughs> scratching on the pane. That's not the caretaker. It's And then the, removes the it's mask. It's never the caretaker. Wow. So you actually have. I'm a little bit jealous. I will say. Because I'm obsessed with the topic of it. Sure. But I, if I actually had an experience myself... I think I'd be in a padded cell. I do not want to open myself up to it because I just know if I do, it's, you know, all hands on deck. Everybody's going to want to talk to me. I don't want to open up the channel. So See, I, I would that feel door. like you're like Rose McGowan and Scream. You're like, ooh. Not like at you, all. You like totally, no. doubt, totally doubt it. And then I'm Shelly Duvall in The Shining. I'm or running Shelley up Duvall. In- Anyway, in life, yeah. I know. Running up and down the stairs with a spaghetti arm and an extra large Ginsu. Yeah, yeah. Watch, <laughs> watching guys in furry suits touch each other inappropriately. Ooh, that's me. I don't. The only she like, was I determined things. to be in that movie. Oh, absolutely, and she did a great. She was picture perfect for that. And if you see the follow up to The Shining, which is Doctor Sleep, which was surprisingly good. When was that made? Uh just this past year. Oh, yeah, almost every movie that was made within this past year. Invisible Man, fantastic movie. With Elizabeth Moss. Oh. Do not judge it. You ha- it isn't it's not film like Handmaid's that. Tale where you see upper eye. I know, but she's still like wait, what's the name? Doctor Sleep? Doctor Sleep. I think it's good. Okay. I don't have good taste. Okay. I, well you just told whole- me Elizabeth Moss. I who know who always looks like she's got a fucking excedrin headache. She I know uh, you know, it's so bold that she's like it's written in her rider that a camera can be no further away than five inches. Yeah. I wanna see up your nostrils. I wanna see the headache. I wanna actually physically see the headache. She always looks like she's on the like she's like in my rider, I'm never gonna smile. If I'm smiling, it's because I'm either sharpening a knife, I've sat on a hot coal and I'm trying to smile through it. Or I'm going to smile and a tear has to come down. There I'm is never some just smiling in Invisible Man, a little bit. And it's funny because those moments are the ones that you're like, oh, she's playing a regular person. Like she's putting something on now that doesn't fit. I think I did see this when she throws paint on him. Yes. Yeah. Very good movie. Very well done. I, I just can't. She was also in Us when she gets <gasps> murdered. Oh, yeah. And she was in West Wing. Which I did not know about because I just started watching it. She, a young Elizabeth Moss oh. giving you, serving you extra forehead pre-Peggy. 
I highly recommend. But all this is to say is that I'm a hot mess when it comes to ghost stuff. So I stayed in a house that had a lot of history, uh, and I was staying there for a couple of months. Where? Uh, this is at Goodspeed in Connecticut. Okay. So haunted. There's, um, I don't know, someone famous is buried right nearby. Silas or something. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody who did something in some war uh-huh. and, and, and like built a log cabin. I don't know. It's it's on the historic register. So I think this is one of his houses. And I walked in to the room I was assigned, and there was a picture on the wall of a woman, like picture of the mother from The Ring, mm-hmm. who's just like combing her hair in a mirror. And I was like, nope. As soon as I walked in, I was like, absolutely not. I take it off the wall, and I put it in the hallway and flip it, turn it so that you can't see it. And I got so sick now mind you it could be incredible mold which i would not be surprised by Mm -hmm. not good ventilation in these old homes i got so sick and i stayed sick for a month until i moved out of that room and once i moved out of that room in the same house i was fine and then i put the portrait back when i moved out of the room i requested to be moved from that room you put it back up and her hair was shorter oh you look fantastic <laughs> suddenly she's modern and she's got lasers in the background she's ramona bag. from the real housewives of new york oh oh my god the eyes the eyes they follow you around the room i i why does it smell like pinot grigio in here <laughs> oh really shitty pinot grigio I, i'm i'm fascinated by it so i i sense it if i walk into a room i can sense something and I instantly am like, I get that sort of aggressive talk where I'm like, no, please, if something's in here, please don't talk to me. And uh, I Would don't... you like some soup? <laughs> He's totally, it's that woman on the HGTV who was like, do you want to move into the house with the two bedrooms? The really aggressive, like a voice that just makes you want to grab your ass. That's how I feel like I cut through to the next realm yeah. just to let them know I am not a good vessel. You don't want this. Don't touch it. Don't talk to it. Leave me alone. You live in your corner. I'm just going to be here crying in my bed. Sure. My name is Brenda O'Brien, and I'm from New York City. And this is my ghost story. This one happened at um, the Barter Theater in Abington, Virginia. And it was in the housing that we were staying in. Um that used to be the the dorm for a women's college. It was a very, very, very old building. So we were in rehearsals at this point. And so I had a, it's a long time ago. So I had a cassette recorder that I had taped my rehearsal on, you know, and had my cards, you know, it's quilter. So you're playing lots of roles. So I had like flashcards and the whole thing. I'm in my room, I have my cassette and I'm like, you know, and I sang through several songs and worked on things. And, and then um, I got to, this one character that I was playing where I was a woman who had died, had passed away. And in the scene, I was the mother of the kids that were talking in the scene. And I would just come in and sing this part that sounded like a ghost. It was like, you know, just like this ghosty sound. And so I put on the cassette and I was like, and the cassette tape went off. And I was like, ah, oh, must be broken, whatever. Rewind, started again. Mind you, it had never stopped up until this point, you know, rehearsing all those other songs. 
rewind, start it again. And it went off and I was like, is this, you know, I'm like, maybe the tape is broken. You know, that would happen. So I opened the thing, checked the tape, it's not broken, put it back in, rewound it and played all the way through the song. And it went all the way through, it played all the way through, but I didn't sing. I just listened to it. I just played all the way through. And I'm like, okay, I mean, whatever. I re rewind it again, start again. And I'm kind of standing by it, like just to see if it's going to stop. So I'm singing, ha, 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 ha. And I start to realize, okay, it's playing. So I turn around to walk away and it stops. And I was like, what the hell? It's even stopping in all different places and everything. And I said, wait a minute, is this you? Because I had had that an experience earlier in the week with the ghost that I've heard whispering. And I said, is this you? Are you not happy with the way that I'm portraying a ghost? You know, and I, I was sort of like joking. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but I have to rehearse this. Like, you know, you might not like the way I sound as a ghost, but I got to rehearse this. So just let me do this. And so I put it on again and I started singing and I was standing right by the recorder, like with my hands right on it. And I'm like, and I got pretty far into it. And then I kind of stood up to move away and it went off again. And I'm like, look, if this is you, don't even let me get the first note out or something like that. And, and I turned it on and I didn't start at the beginning. I didn't start singing. And then I went, oh, and it went, and it was like he had hilarious timing. Like I was like laughing out loud and I'm thinking, oh my, you are okay. Okay. I will not rehearse this in here. And I, you know, will never sing this again. And I'm like, I'm going to move on to the next song and you're going to let, so I move on to the next song and it never went off again. Other songs that had nothing to do with the ghost thing. The thing never went off. And when I rehearsed that song with that tape in the barn where I was rehearsing my, I was playing the violin in the show too. I would go into the barn and practice the violin and sing that song so I wouldn't piss off my ghost. And it never clicked off again. It was, ne it was not a problem with the tape. It never had that problem other than that little. And the thing I would have thought, okay, it's a tape, but the timing was unexplainable it was so immaculately hilarious and he would wait till i would just turn my back you know it was like this game it was like a little cat and mouse game and for some reason it felt funny and it didn't feel scary and the and i'm like look okay we're gonna be fine like let's just you know blah 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 i won't do that in the room and you can just leave me alone and not whisper under my bed anymore you know and so i thought it was just kind of funny and went on ladies have to say about it i had a hard time finding specific because if you put ghost into a, a search engine with ann landers it's always like ghost of her past is haunting her mm. so i found some like apropos articles but same but, okay then you try it you okay. start us off all right <clears throat> this is from the shreveport journal shreveport louisiana february 3rd 1976 very haunted louisiana yes dear abby I am married to a man who, in his youth, was in love with a girl who died very young. 
Billy's mother was a spiritualist, and she told him that the dead girl's spirit had communicated with her and declared that she and Billy would be soulmates eternally. Ah. Billy now communicates directly with this girl. He has taken me to seances in Pennsylvania, Indiana, and Florida, where he goes into a trance, talking to his soulmate in words of love and passion. He calls her my wondrous angel girl and eternal love. I cry all night after these meetings. Billy carries her picture over his heart and had a life-sized oil painting made from the snapshot. He keeps the painting in his bedroom with a candle burning near it day and night. I can't take much more of this. I feel like his housekeeper. Please tell me what to do. Signed, Jealous of a Spirit. That's a good one. Dear Jealous. Bill's disturbed. (laughs) If he doesn't see a doctor, see a lawyer. Of course, she's a non-believer. She's She's, a wasp. She she is definitely a cosmopolitan woman. The only thing I can believe in is a good stiff martini at the end of the day. Am I right, ladies? If it doesn't come in a box, tell him to leave. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever been to a seance? No, I've been to a psychic. Oh, but the psychic is different. They don't look back, do they? What, what was the psychic meeting like? Because I think we're going to try They're to have a psychic great. next I week. They're not I mean, I... The only good psychic I had was our friend, Tracy, who has a friend um, who kind of... kind of She kind of, like, reads things, and oh. she said... You know, she mentioned my dad once, and she didn't know that my dad had died. And I was like... Uh, and I'm, like, out at a bar... So I'm always like, anytime someone talk, once talked about my dad when I'm like having a good time and I'm I'm like, yeah, like one time someone shortly after my dad died came up to me while I'm trying to have a good time. He's like, hey, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad. I'm like, it's just like the air left the room. I'm like, awesome. Great. Good timing. Thanks. Tell me he did no, a bump off the bar right after. He's, sorry to hear about that. <laughs> sorry to hear about your pops. I'm like, no one calls him pops because I'm not in fucking happy days. Did he really say pops? Something like that. Oh. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> It's true. I'm not an Archie comic strip. Do you mind? (laughs) A little sensitivity. So when my friend kind of, she just kind of said something, um, or my friend's friend said something, and I was like, oh, that was kind of sweet. Weird, but sweet. Can I ask? Was it something that she wouldn't know? Well, she didn't know that my dad had passed away, and she didn't like, she's like, in the relationship that I was in, she's like, this is not going to work. This relationship isn't working, and you know that. And Whoa. And Did you so, ask her for this? No, it just kind of came up, and I was like, what the f? Oh. And I was like, okay. And she's like, and your dad's around you, and he says hello, and <gasps> something like that. And your dad really loves you, just so you know. Tell me she has a show on TLC called Unsolicited Psychic. <laughs> she went outside to the trash and ate it. And then I was like, and then we never saw her again. Then the wind kicked up and she was blowing up into the... And that was Alison Dubois, <laughs> whom the show Medium is based on. Wow. She really was giving it away. Wouldn't it be great if after that she was like, you can Venmo me $25. You're welcome. She's like, I don't know. I haven't had a meal in three weeks. Is there any way I can have a tuna fish sandwich? Your dad really loves you. And he really wants me to have this tuna sandwich. <laughs> oh, I've been to a couple psychics too. So I, I mean, we can. Good? Uh, yeah, it's they, they're more like that. Nobody has ever given me a, a message from the other side. I haven't, I haven't talked to anybody because I guarantee you my grandmothers were so earthy and and one of them was so Boston she worked in Harvard Square she worked at the coop 
and and I guarantee her name was Kitty Larue. There's no way in hell she's coming she's back to talk dancer. to me. Yeah, she was a she was a taxi dancer. <laughs> Ten cents a dancer. Some guy can sweat shit all over me. She was so salt of the earth that if she was the one of all the people to come back and haunt me, I would just shit. Because I'd be like, wow, you really took a long trip. Because she would, I used to laugh at the taxi dance, the one monologue that I know stuck to finish. Does anybody have a comb? Ask Erin. Who the fuck is she? <laughs> your grandmother wants to know if you have a comb in your bag. <laughs> I can guarantee you. I may have pubic lice. I don't know. He's sweating all over the place. If I were a psychic, I'd be the character psychic. You know, that's like suddenly just launches into the voice of whoever your dead <laughs> your grandmother says hello well hey there mister you look like a bit of terrific want to take a girl out for a little turn around the dance floor grandma i would love it if, like every time you went to a psychic there was like it was just shit like it's like your grandmother's coming through oh okay yeah, she um she's having a very difficult time passing her stool today. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anything else that she wants to say? She really would like a grilled cheese with a side of tomato soup. Oh, okay. Anything personally about me? Um, no, but she misses TCBY a lot. <laughs> what about I miss her so much? Well, what's she doing now? Well, she's clipping her toenails. Oh god, she just snagged something. Ew. Oh, she's picking at it. Oh, she needs a band-aid. I want to think like, the afterlife like totally is just mundane, that boring. Totally mundane. Nope, nope. She just finished her coffee. It had a little too much almond milk in it. Oh, good. Did you good. ever see that? Yeah. No, she's life. watching Grey's Anatomy. It's good. She's on season 28 up there. Yeah. In Spanish. Yeah, yeah it's good. Did you ever see that one Saturday Night Live skit when they were doing um, uh, uh, a spoof on Ghost? And I think Patrick Swayze was on it. And he comes back to to like watch Molly do like the mundane things. Like he's like, "Oh, Molly, I miss you so much." What is she doing? She's laying on the couch and she's picking out like belly lint <laughs> and like cleaning her yes. ears. Like Molly, don't. Mo- oh God. Oh, oh God. Jesus. Oh, that would be me. Yeah, that would totally be me as a ghost. I'm telling you right now. You'd come now. back. You'd look at Jim. It's like he's like doing at home like ass waxing. Jim. Oh God. How is that any different from how we live now? Well, does Jim wax his ass? He does, oh, okay. except in this life, I have to help him. Okay. So, God willing, I All go right. before. I he think does. it's a good time to launch <laughs> into an article. On. This comes from the San. Fr- I have both San Francisco Examiner articles oh. today, but this one is from September 29th, nineteen sixty-nine. On Monday. Here's the title: Saw a ghost. She's worried. Says it all. Dear Ann Landers, this might be the strangest letter you've ever received. I can't sign it because I may be in trouble with the law. (laughs) The end. No. My (laughs) husband drank a lot and ran around with women. I don't believe in divorce, and we had children he had to be considered, who had to be considered. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It does not compute. Was that John? What's his name? John Buck. He's coming through. Oh, crap. All right. My husband drank a lot and ran around with women. I don't believe in divorce, and we had children who had to be considered. Three years ago, my husband disappeared. 
He had done this before and always turned up in another town. The excuse was the same. He got drunk and didn't know where he was or what he was doing. After he sobered up, it took him another few days to work up the courage to come home and face me. What a marriage. I thought this was another one of those episodes. But after two weeks, I got scared and called the police. The next day, they found my husband's wallet on the bank of a river. They dredged the river but couldn't find the body. I called the minister the following week, and we had a dignified memorial service. The insurance company sent a check, and I moved to a better apartment. These last three years have been very peaceful and happy ones for me and the children. Yesterday, I was looking at a baseball game on TV, and I could swear I saw my husband in the crowd at Fenway Park in Boston. He was with a nice-looking woman, and they were laughing and drinking pop. Ew! Should I notify the police? What about the insurance money? Most of it has been spent. Am I in trouble? Please advise me. Signed, Shaken. Dear Shaken, call the police and tell them. There's a good chance you saw, you saw a man who resembled your husband. The insurance company should be notified too. You have done nothing wrong, so relax. If there was an error, it was not yours. Hey! They... Uh, to stage your own death. And that's a really lazy way to stage it, just like throw your wallet on the side of a river. It's, yeah. If it's staged. Or is she just seeing what she wants to see? I bet he staged it. Oh, yeah. If you're a drunk, I like that I looked over at my jewels when I said that. <laughs> if you're a drunk and you disappear, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, he told me where the insurance papers are and you and me could have a great lunch at Coda. Just... Finally. It. Salt salad for everybody in the room. And luckily, there's no one here because we're in a global <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> oh, staging your own death. I wonder if he did. And if he did that, or do you think that this is more elaborate on her side because she's saying all the money's already spent? Well, I mean, who just, like, they found the wallet, like, just right on the side of the Also, it seems like she was real quick to be like, all right. Let's have a dignified service. Moving on. How many people like think about, I'm just going to throw my wallet out. I'm going to put it on the side. Drunks. But why isn't it in their pocket? Drunk. But what about the other shit? Fudge. Okay. I just wanted to say a different sure. one syllable word just to switch it up. Like sometimes like if he's like going to jump in the river, why would he take his shoes off? Why would he leave his wallet? If, I mean, if he's like, you know, it's like when you go, if when you're about to go to bed, you take your wallet out, you take your watch out, you put your phone this out. This is why I'm not a forensic examiner, because I'd make up a really elaborate story as to how the wallet got there. Again, it's going to turn into your, your shittiest improv show. All right, you're drunk, you have a wallet, and you're by the river. Go! Oh my God, this is going to be so funny. I'm so glad my friend forced me to come to this show and see her friend in an improv. It's a lovely time. He could have just taken it out and be like, I don't know how much money I have in here. Old then, school drunk. What, and then just slipped and fell? Yeah, anything could have happened. Or he just drops the wallet and is like, fuck it, let's go start a new life in Boston with some Fenway Franks. But <laughs> that you woman that gave me a handy J, I'm going to follow her home. <laughs> handy J. Hi, 
Hi, my name is Taylor Krausor. I am from Bloomington, Indiana. And this is my ghost story. Okay, so when I was about seven, maybe like six, my mom and I had moved from Northern Indiana to Bloomington, Indiana. And we lived in this very, very small, I guess it was a farmhouse. It was like the side house of a bigger farmhouse where the landlord had lived. And we did not live here very long. And I'll tell you why. Um, because lots of weird things happen in this house. Um, and so I was, I guess, yeah, I was, I was the age of watching Sesame Street and all that stuff because I specifically remember sitting on the couch one morning and if I'm sitting here directly in front of me is the front door, to my right is where the TV is and then to the left is like the kitchen area and whatnot. And there would just be small weird things of like, I'm watching TV in the morning and like the doorknob would just and then like stop moving, but there's no one outside. We live out in the country, you know, no one's around except for Butterball as my mom called our landlord. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, weird things like that would happen or picture frames were constantly turned around. Um, things would always fall off the walls. For whatever reason, even at like six years old, I could not sleep in my bedroom. I could never sleep in my bedroom by myself. I could hardly play in there by myself for a long time which I always felt was very strange. I didn't understand why, but I just felt completely uncomfortable. Uh, we made a joke because I used to have a bunch of Star Wars action figures and my my Toyota would constantly be flipped around. And to ease me, my mom would be like, oh, he has the force, you know, but like something was definitely weird about that, right? So anyways, uh, there was one night in particular, um, I was terrified of the movie E.T. and my mom finally got me over it. And so I'm out, she was already in bed and I'm out there uh, watching E.T. And it's the scary part for me where he's like white and washed up in the river. And I, I still like, I hate that scene. Um, but anyways, uh, again, I'm watching it. That moment happens and the doorknob goes, <laughs> freaked me out so bad. I didn't even turn off the movie. I just ran to my mom's room, go to sleep, wake up, I guess a couple hours later to just a thud, 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 thud. And my mom goes out there and where we used to keep our shoes by the front door were completely across the living room. Like just as if someone had literally picked them up and walked in them just all the way across. It was so weird. So anyways, I don't know if it was, this is all kind of blend together, but it was either that next morning or a morning shortly following that night experience. I'm up, I am, I'm watching TV in the morning and um, I see my mom, uh, she went from the front door into the kitchen. She's wearing her light blue, white polka dot nightgown that she used to wear and everything like that. And so I just very casually get up and I start walking to the kitchen and mid sentence, I'm like, hey mom, can you make some bread? Some bread, where is she? And I can't, mom, she's not in the kitchen. I'm like, what the hell? So then I, there's a, a small like washroom off of the kitchen. That was another room that I could never go in for a long period of time, very weird. I peeked my head in there, she's not in there. And then I'm like really freaking out, like where did she go? There's nowhere else she could have went. Like there's no other like back door or something. So then I run into her bedroom. My mom is dead asleep, dead asleep. And that's like, that really freaked me out. I'm like six years old, I don't understand how she could be in one place and be in the other. So then I start shaking her and waking her up I'm like, mom, 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 I just saw you walk from the front door to the kitchen. I, I was like, and I asked you a question and then, and she's confused. She's like, what are you talking about? And we had a dog, a Yorkie at the time, Lucy. And all of a sudden I'm interrupted because we just hear Lucy growling. Like, and she was a, such a such a sweet dog, just growling. 
We get up, we go into the living room and Lucy is standing there in the doorway of the kitchen, does not move, but is staring at one point, growling the most vicious growl I have ever heard in my life. And that was the moment when my mom was like, we're moving. All right, you go. Oh, this is from the Corbin Times Tribune, Corbin, Kentucky, May 13th, 1974. Dear Abby, I don't know if you believe in spirits. I never did, but something happened that really got me thinking, and I don't know who else to ask about this. When my husband was in Kansas City on a business trip, he looked up an old, an old girlfriend just for old time's sake, and she told him that I had visited her some years back under very mysterious circumstances. Abby, I have never met this woman in my life. In fact, I've never been to Kansas City. Now, here's where the spirits come in. My husband swears this girl is telling the truth, and that somehow my spirit left my body and went to Kansas City to visit Agnes. He says that Agnes described me to a T, even to the mole I have on my right cheek. So now I don't know what to think. Get it removed. Can you explain this? I am bewildered and confused. Signed, Wondering. Mm -hmm. Dear Wondering, I don't believe in spirits. Even though you've never been to Kansas City or met Agnes, perhaps Agnes has seen you or a picture of you. Or possibly you have been described in detail to her. Don't worry about it. There is no evidence that spirits exist, much less leave the body and go to Kansas City. Such a non-believer. So, no. You can't tell me that Anne or Abby did not go to like, oh, it's my monthly psychic meeting. Well, the thing is, what I don't believe about this is that I do feel like this woman went to Kansas City. And she's writing, and she's like, "See, I even wrote into I wrote into Dear Abby." Uh-huh. That's no, I've never went. I never went there with a gun. I never went there. No, I never, <laughs> never been there. No. See, see, but do don't you, even know where Kansas City is. What state's it in? What's What's that movie where he can jump from place to place, like teleportation? Because one of our um one of our haunted stories where somebody calls in, she says that she feels that she is a teleporter. I think it's best if I don't say anything. <laughs> but people think there's like, the, I think it's called Jumper. The mo- Like the movie Jumper? Yeah. I'm not, why did I say it like Liza? Again, yeah. if you imagine if you come to me as a psychic and the only way I can channel is through Liza Minnelli is I'm just like, all right, okay, we'll, we'll see if we can get in contact with your grandmother today. And oh God, here she comes. And she looks so fantastic. <laughs> why does my mom talk like that? This five hundred dollars, <laughs> very expensive. Why the costume change? <laughs> Look, I would go to Kansas City for a steak. Wouldn't it be great if you could actually teleport yourself places? Think of how much cheaper it would be, safer. Well, I don't want to like end up somewhere where it's like, oh shit. You'd teleport yourself to, to like the shitty. Like, also, what am like- I doing outside of Atlanta? <laughs> But oh. like on the like the edge of a building, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to go back. It's just a little like my teleportation is just a little off. It's yeah. like I'm not like at the train station. I'm on the track. You're like, what? <laughs> the GPS is just calibrated <laughs> just a little, just a little yeah. left of center. Now, see, I would end up like trying to envision something and it would be like uh, Ray in Ghostbusters where they're like, okay, you have to clear your mind. Don't think of anything because the second that we think of something, this thing is going to take that form. 
I would be that person to be like, don't think of Dunkin' Donuts. Don't think of Dunkin'. I'm in a Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> in Texas. What? How did I do this wrong? I would get so psyched out. No pun intended. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> All right. I have one more article and a story of my own. Oh. Related to something semi-similar. Okay. 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 Also, okay. San Francisco Examiner. They're examining a lot of things. Yes. On June 3rd, 1988. Haunting nightmare. Dear Ann Landers, I read your column every day and have been tempted many times to write, but the column about exam nightmares absolutely floored me. I have had that identical dream for eight years ever since I graduated from college. What a shock to learn that I am one of the thousands. I'm curious to know, If any of your readers share another recurring nightmare that has haunted me since my father died 15 years ago. In this dream, my deceased father shows up at our front door and I am the only one who knows that he is really hiding out, leading a totally different life with another family. Theme. I am very upset with him for trying to fool us, particularly my mother. I try with no success to get him to tell me where he has been. I plead with him to admit that he really isn't dead. He refuses simply relieves he refuses simply leaves again and won't tell me where he's going everyone else in the dream accepts his reappearance and departure without question i feel that this dream reflects my unwillingness to accept his death and my inability to imagine what the so-called afterlife is like since i was brought up catholic i thought i had some strong ideas about heaven and hell but my father gives me no clue that he is in one place or the other, and I'm baffled as to why I don't ask him. Your column really does link all humanity in one way or another. Thank you for it. Signed, Introspective in Indiana. Dear Indy, all week I've been in dreamland with my readers, and it's been fascinating. Now back to the real world. Anyone else have this fella's dream? Man! Lazy. Lazy. Outsourcing, always. Can someone from India help me with my computer? <laughs> uh, I do believe, because you said that like something happened to you in a semi-dream state. Mm-hmm. I think something happens when you are not quite conscious, not quite unconscious, that people can visit you. This is my only other, I don't know, because like ghost story, but mm-hmm. like creepy sort of mm, brush sure. with something. Um. My aunt died somewhat suddenly, uh-huh. and uh, I knew about it. We all knew about it. It had happened, but then I had a dream like a few days later, and I was in like a very plain hotel room sitting on the end of a bed. There were two queen-size beds in it, and sitting on the end of the bed, and I get a knock on the door, and it's Moth, and she was like, oh, Rita's here. She wants to say bye, and my aunt came in. And she sat down, and I was like, how are you doing? Are you feeling better? She's oh, I feel much better now. No, don't worry. I'm actually, I'm actually really good now. And that was all. Simple dream, but it had happened, like, right after she died. Hmm. So I still believe. Like Mariah Carey. I believe that they visit you in a half-dream state. I have heard similar stories where people, um, where they visit and say like i'm you know i just want to say goodbye and like the next day that they die so here's something else oh so my dad was in the hospital for a while and um he pretty much was like drugged up and didn't talk to anybody um 
And then he one day, I guess, I think my brother told me this, that he was awake for like a very brief period of time. And was I guess I think it was there with my my mom and my brother and maybe my sister. And he said, "I need to talk to you. You know, here's what you know. Here's what I saw. Um, Jesus came to me and said that I'm going. I'm I'm gonna die tonight. And here's what I need you to do. And then shortly after that, that was it. Like, <gasps> and then um, hours passed, and then my dad died. Wait, your father said that to your brother? To my brother and I think my mother said like, like, well, it could have been all the morphine. He was on a lot of morphine because he had a ton of pain. But he was very lucid and awake and was like, I need you to talk about this. Like, um, you know, don't sell our lake house. Um, I love you very much. I, Jesus came to me and said that I, this, this is my time. My time is, you know. Wow. And um, that's it. And, you know, make sure everyone sticks together. Oh, I got chills. And then later that night, he died. We don't really talk about that. I know. I know. I was like, (laughs) well, this is a comedy advice podcast, and I am holding in the reins on a million funny comments, trying to be sensitive. I'm turning over a new leaf in 2020. But my brother told me that. I'm like, huh, really? (laughs) Like, I'm such an ass. But I'm like, that's why I don't really. Jesus came to him. Jesus. Jesus. No, I think, well... What if it was an orderly named Jesus? We don't know. I don't know. I'm like, I'm not going to go get a diet soda. I'm like, hey, do you guys have change for... Del- hmm. <laughs> Jesus. Were you in my dad's room earlier? Yeah, I was emptying out, uh, you know, I was changing his whatever. Is your hair always that long and not in a ponytail? You always walking around with a fan in front of yeah, you? Yeah, do you always have that pin light right behind your head? Yeah. Yeah. Are you always wearing that white diaper, nothing else? You work here, right? <laughs> Is that sanitary? No. <laughs> Put on a shirt? Yeah, no fucking shoes. You only own linen? Yeah, your feet yeah. are filthy. <laughs> Sandals, really? Wow. Seems okay. kosher. Open-toed, open-toed mm. shoes Safe. in the hospital. Safe. Okay, it's good. Great. I feel clean. Great. great. Jesus has no place in your hospital. <laughs> <laughs> if Jesus walked in, you're like, oh, God. can you put- Gloves, gloves, a mask, anything. Scrub Sanitizer. in, scrub in. Your hands are filthy. I've watched Where? Grey's Anatomy. You got what? Well, you got to get one of those. You got to get some scrubs. You're gonna bring that dirty cross through this fucking hospital door. <laughs> Can you leave that outside, sir? Yeah. We don't have a coat check, so you're gonna have to put that in a parking There's spot. There's a pandemic here, and and you know what? You're gonna have to put it out where you're gonna do long term parking. <laughs> you take the bus. It's about a half a block away. <laughs> cross is filthy. <laughs> what have you been dragging that through the streets of Galilee looks, or something? You look terrible. <laughs> God. <laughs> dirty. Just dirty. My name is Ashley Blair Fitzgerald, and I'm from New York, New York. Um, and my ghost story happened when I was at the Boston Conservatory. Um, I was staying um, at, on 8th of Fenway. That's where the dorms were. You know, these places were like old, old, um, gorgeous. But I mean, we're talking like 1800s. Like it was a um, hospital at one point, a children's hospital that we learned. And um, little things, you know, started to happen 
that were just not like, you wouldn't really think much of it. Um, like we had one of those old doors, they're, they're like lot, the locks that are like within the doorknob. So, but they, it would, you know, you would just have to press the little lock and then it always happened with, cause my one roommate and I were both uh, dance majors and the other one was um, a music theater major. And so she was on a different schedule and she would always come in and her name was Haley and she would, she could never get in cause the door would be locked and neither one of us had locked the door. Okay, whatever. And then um, um, my other roommate Haley would, she had a makeup light on that would never, she would always turn it off like a makeup mirror light. She would always turn it off and then in the middle of the night it would come back on. And we would always be like, Haley, turn your light off. I mean, it was just like constant every night. And so she'd get up, she'd go over and she'd turn it off. Well, one night I was passed out sleeping, maybe passed out drunk, I'm not sure. But <laughs> we both were. And Haley, um, we thought came home and went to bed and we, I remember like looking at Haley and being like, Haley, turn your light off. This is ridiculous. And I was, and she wouldn't get up, wouldn't get up. And I, so I went over there and I turned her light off and I went back to bed around like maybe one o'clock in the morning, like pounding on the door. Haley had never come home and was like wasted drunk. And so I, and then I looked over and like, no one was in the bed and I was like, what just happened? So like, it just kept getting scarier and scarier. And then one night the makeup light was, we all did the same. It was the same thing with the makeup light, Haley. And this time she really was home. Turn, turn the makeup light off. And we all got, you know, we were like up kind of laughing and yelling at each other. And then the makeup light just went boom across the room, like just like, all the way across the room and like smashed we were like what is happening what like we could not even like understand what was going on um so that was all before christmas break and you know it just like everything like that just kept happening and just kept happening and that was before christmas break we come back we had a meeting with our RA because we really couldn't like get any sleep. We could, we were so scared. And um, he finally was like, listen, I am going to take this up because we wanted to move like literally that we, we, that's where we were at. We wanted to leave the, the room. And he was like, I'm going to say like, I've been here the entire Christmas break for two weeks and I know that someone's up there because no one's been here and I hear people up there. So I'm fully on board with you. Like, I know that this is happening to you. And um, so he was like, my advice is because, you know, we can't move you out. Everybody, like the, all the dorms are taken. We're at capacity, blah, 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 blah. He was like, my advice is that you embrace this, this spirit and start talking to it and you know, talking as if it's part of you and part of, and here with you. So we named him, um, what did we name him? Like, I honestly, I can't remember. Cause I, I only remember what we found out what his name was because we did exactly what you weren't supposed to do. We totally did like the Ouija board talking. And so here's the thing, like, I know like, ha ha ha, you did the Ouija board. Nobody, obviously like nothing crazy happened, but we did find some things out. And 
two, they were very, very, very real. So number one, his name was Quentin and he died in the hospital, the children's hospital there as a young boy. Number two, he, we, we had, we wanted to like really test the situation. So we had a mouse that was like, like we called it Big Bertha because it was humongous and it was in our room and we were like, where is this mouse coming from? Or he, I think he actually, sorry, I'm backtracking. He actually said, you know, he told us about the mouse and then he told us where the, where the crack was that the mouse was coming from. So we moved the dresser drawer over the crack and that night we heard the mouse like trying to get into the room. And we were like, oh my God, like it was just crazy. And then, then like the mouse ended up like, I think like two days later, this is just kind of a funny thing. Like two days later, you heard like the girls like across the hallway that we didn't like, like screaming because the mouse was in their room now, which was like, just, you know, totally funny. Then the, the, the he also told us about he it was like a you know be careful of um like we kept saying like why are you locking the door this is not okay like why please stop doing that and then he was like safety it just he just kept saying like safety safety and maybe like a week later um my one musical theater roommate was followed by a security guard who later was arrested for like like raping people and doing all this crazy stuff. He followed her up to the room and like was just, it was the whole thing was being really creepy and somebody ended up coming out and he like exited really quickly. And so we then found out that like, that's why he was, Quinton kept locking the door because we would never lock our door. And he was like, he was helping us. It was like, it turned into like the most amazing like ghost experience because he really was like such a sweet little pumpkin but like he was scaring the crap out of us for the better part like, like for the first you know semester that we were in school i mean and i i fully saw like the spirit laying in her bed um and i'll never get over the night when we heard the mouse scratching underneath the the drawer set i I'll never get over that because it was just like how how would you know he really spoke to us like over the over the Ouija word which is so weird because you're not supposed to do that but he did so that's that's my ghost story ladies and gents we are very excited to have this extra special eerie guest on with us. Um, <laughs> if you have not already, please go back to, I think one of the previous episodes, uh, two before this, I believe, I I'll believe find so. out, um, mm-hmm. where we discuss house hauntings. And mm-hmm. of course, your house got brought up. So ladies and gents, she's fantastic. She's a mother of one, soon to be two. She's also a teacher, and uh, most importantly, she's related to me, and that makes her a pimp. So, welcome to the podcast, Mrs. Emily Banos. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Very we're so excited. happy welcome, to have welcome, you here. Welcome. welcome to our extra special haunted episode, because it's October is my favorite spooky month. season. Yeah, we're I ready. I love it. Yes, we are all about a spooky season. So, I was telling Patty all about your home 
but I want any listener who has not already heard this episode to, first of all, shame on you, go back, and yes, subscribe to our Patreon page, and then when you're done with that, come back and listen to Emily talk about her haunted home. Ooh! <laughs> I just had to edit. That sounds good. That's yeah, pretty that's good. Great. That's great. So, okay, I Set can hear. Set the scene if you could. Yes, because we can hear Look, the child live, in the background. The type of home. We can hear. Oh, yeah, she's she enjoys spooky noises, as you can hear. Um, oh, send to her. That kid is haunted. Give her some Benadryl. She's wicked, right? She's very scary. <laughs> no, no wonder. She's a seer. No wonder this is happening to her. Oh, um, she has the gift. She's Carol Ann. Oh. So she. I'm trying to think. So we probably. Um, about a year ago, last December, we moved to a house um, that was finished construction in 1810. So very old. And where is this? And obviously, it has been, you know, changed many times since then. But it's still, you know, it has some history to it. And this is where? In Newburyport, Massachusetts. Very haunted, historic, not too far from Salem. Okay. Yeah, okay. very close. Great. Um, and, you know, they gave us a lot of documents about the house. Um, it's on a street, a corner of a street called Buck Street. And apparently it was built for a ship captain called uh, Captain John Buck. Um, There's been some rumors that his grandfather was uh, the founder of Bucksport, Maine. And also had some connections with with the Salem witch trials. (gasps) So he, yes. So this would be his grandson built this house in, and was completed in 1810. And, you know, there's not a whole lot about him. We've looked him up. Um, you know, nothing seems odd or anything about him, but that's, you know, it's called the John Buck House. And we have, you know, some signs and some paperwork about um, about that. Uh, you can probably hear her yelling at me right now for more food. Um, <laughs> more oh, food. She's like, so yo, star, mother's in the podcast. Probably, we probably live there for like a couple weeks. And, you know, my daughter, Lydia, who, you know, in between two and two and a half would say to me, um, oh, you know, mommy, who's, who's that little boy shoveling snow? And I'm like, so well, you know, and I, I would look outside, there was nobody shoveling snow. And I'm like, who, who are you talking about? And she's like, right there, right there. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't see anything. You know, a couple of weeks would go by and she'd be like, oh, look at that cat. Like what? I don't see any cat. Maybe it's outside, you know, whatever. So on and so forth. And then probably about a month ago, I went to go get her up from her nap. And she woke up and kind of like looked at me and was like, this is, this is John Buck's house. <gasps> and I was like, what? what? You know, and of course, maybe she's heard us say the name and so on and so forth. But I was like, what do you, what do you mean? And then she said to me, he pretends to live here. Oh. And I was like, what does that mean? What, you know, and of course my blood runs cold, but I'm trying to be very calm. Like, what sure, are you talking about? Sure. She kind of dropped it. So, if, you know, of course, um, Aaron and I are in a very large uh, family group chat text. So, you know, I, I give them all these updates and people had great suggestions about ask him, you know, what is he wearing? Ask Lydia, you know, what does John do? So I would kind of go back to her and say, oh, you know, about that guy, John, you know, is he nice? And she's like, yeah, you know, yeah, he's nice. And I said, well, what does he do? Well, sometimes he hugs me. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> doke. And I said, you know, if you don't like that, you can say no. She's like, it's fine. Like, not worried about it. And and then I forget who, it might have even been um, your mom, Erin. Somebody said, ask him what, you know, what, what type of clothes does he wear? What does he look like? So I said, well, that's a good idea. <clears throat> 
So I said, what, you know, what does he wear? And she said, oh, he wears funny clothes. Mm. And then couldn't get much more elaboration, but it just, you know, in my mind, you know, a ship captain outfit from 1810 could look funny to her now. Depending on um, so, if you get you know, into Party City, though. I don't yeah, know. Look like yes, right? I mean, it's like a powdered wig involved. I don't even know. It's sexy then. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah. So every now and then she'll say something, you know, a c- couple weeks ago. It was like, oh, um, are the statues coming back tonight? And I was like, <gasps> um, I don't know. <laughs> and so, but she seems very unbothered by it. Um, and it seems to be like a, a friendly a friendly, just friendly like ghost, Casper, will, exactly. Just like Casper, yeah. What does just she like mean Casper, by the statues a, coming back? What does that mean? I'm not sure. I I, oh. I, I assumed that they come and kind of maybe visit in the middle of the night, which was you know a little uh, alarming. But um, <laughs> I'm alarmed. <laughs> you are so <laughs> yeah. calm about this, yeah. Emily. The second that she said somebody's shoveling out there, I would turn to my husband and say, we're moving. We're it's moving. July. Well, I, what are they shoveling? Sage, you know, we've saged. Mm. You know, I'm, tr- I, yes. I'm, so I'm trying to just say like, okay, if he wants to come, as long as he's not bothering you, that's fine. That's been my um, go-to, but there certainly are times where I'm, you know, trying to put a calm face on and dying inside for sure. Sure. Well, now, first of all, did you know about this house's history before you bought it? Um, not the specific history. You can, uh, we, we actually lived close to it. So I could see on the outside that it had a historic plaque, but I did not know specifically about this captain. Is there a, was there a cemetery on the house before it was built? Um, not that I know of. Okay. We've seen poltergeist so many times. So we're, we're pros at this. So my husband actually just (laughs) spoke up and said that apparently there is there just to make this even creepier because I did not know this. The house has a lot of like leftover, you know, pieces of wood, etc., from the multiple renovations, obviously, since 1810. Apparently, there is some sort of like chiseled headstone in the basement that I am just learning about in real time right now. So I'll, I'll, I'll try and take a Told picture you. and get back to you. I know you you were right. <laughs> I did not know that. There's a headstone in the basement, it's Emily. A it's like a it's like a stone chiseled plaque that would go on but only part of it this is what i'm getting oh um, no and you are learning this right now at the same time also a small crypt but we haven't opened it yet we just (laughs) (laughs) there's also we have a housekeeper named tangina she keeps saying don't go into the light it's kind of weird the things i I saw someone walk into a wall they didn't come back out Um, yeah, very, it's very interesting. Okay. Now the okay. John Buck, her saying John Buck, did you know yes. about him before she said that name? No, yeah, I did. So we, we did know about him, um, before, before she said the name, I did not know that she knew the name. Cause it's not like we've discussed it with her, um, possible. She could have heard us say the name, but certainly not something we talked to her about like, Oh, guess who built this house? <laughs> Um, so that was the first time I had heard her obviously met. And that's why I was like, what did she just say? I love the idea of you sitting down with your child and being um, like, do you know who built so this yes. house? <laughs> um, okay. Do you sense his presence? Do you have any vibe here when you walk into your house? Oh. Is John Buck here right now? I think he interrupted the call. Is there a John Buck in the room? Carol Ann? Oh my God. Carol Ann? 
Carol Ann. <laughs> Carol Ann, honey. <laughs> honey, can you hear me? Be strong with her, John. <laughs> Stephen, be strong with her. Oh, yeah, Carol Ann, you get it back in right I, now. I don't, but I also think that I'm down. Oh. My kid. Oh, God. Um, you know, a couple of weird things. Of, are you guys getting? Is he visiting? No, you cut out. <laughs> you so cut we out. thought that we I'm thought that you. John Buck. You still there? Are you there? <laughs> Call her in here. You cut out for like five minutes. I'm, I'm here. What's going on? Is he like messing up the connection? He is messing up the connection right now. Do you Lydia, hear that? Oh, oh he's probably mad. <laughs> he seems to like terrible. Lydia, and Lydia's mad about not getting a snack. So. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. So he's protecting on behalf of Lydia's snack. He's giving her a snack. What I think. I'm not sure. So. Okay. So was there any other like little stories that little like ghost grenades that she's dropped on you like he's right behind you or <laughs> no, he's got a luckily, friend luckily nothing like that a couple times she said um you know who, she's been like who's that and pointed and i've turned and haven't seen anyone but again to make myself feel calmer i'm like oh she must have seen somebody out the window or something like that on the third floor <laughs> yeah exactly if i tell myself upside down um but nothing you know i haven't really experienced anything weird you're sad. is she on fire and, right uh, now sorry we're we're all out of cookies so we're sad oh my god yeah, is, is, i am terrified right now is anybody else freaked out very disappointed that she can't be on the podcast cookies gone so you know that's yeah, but that was that was only other time that you know it's an older and one time she was misbehaving and i <laughs> um you know tell shut and i was like i, I don't think they seance right now is there an emily in the room emily emily i don't think that we should oh you're still there yes i'm here it's because i, I yes i'm here yes okay you're there i can't wait for you to hear this podcast because <laughs> I'm, I'm here now I'm, I'm actually really, i'm actually really scared because I, I feel like it's gonna make me believe more and i'm more scared honest to god i'm having the same experience where i'm like he's doing this on purpose and now i'm terrified you, you're like in the middle of a story and then all of a sudden it slows down as if you're like mid-stroke and then it gets all pixelated <laughs> and then all of a sudden like nothing like right now and right now is a perfect example Can't hear guys anything. we should stop talking about John Buck because he one hundred percent is interrupting this. So I I don't know. Um, <laughs> should I say goodbye? I should I close the Ouija board? Are you there, Emily? Emily. 
knock twice if you're there. Blink twice if he won't let you go. Wow. <clears throat> this, I don't, I don't think that there's anything more to be said. Except children are terrifying <laughs> and accurate. And I don't even, okay, she's there now. We can. Emily? Oh, he's mad, yeah, I would say. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, we can't. That'd be it's... a great test if we started talking about like baked goods. And if you were And it was totally clear. fine. I so think we... it's time. I think we, we've upset him enough. Oh my God. <laughs> knock, Cause... knock. Wait, let's, let's run a quick test on that. I'm now I'm I'm sorry. Curious. I think it's Okay, talk to us about pie. Do you like any kind of pie? What's your favorite pie? Um, probably pecan. See, it's that came crystal through clear. crystal clear. That came through crystal clear. If we are talking yeah, about but, anything but this. But no, then he gets mad. I know. Yeah. So pecan pie, it's your favorite or is that a seasonal thing? Yep. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. Pecan yeah. pie. Now, I wonder if I switch the topic. John Buck. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't have Now asked. start talking about John Buck. Now- Ask, was there another um, another sighting? Hello? Um, okay. No, not that I know of. Uh, you know, a, a couple times, like, cabinets I thought I closed were open and things like that, but nothing. Oh, at one time I did, um, I, my husband came upstairs and was like, why did you leave the bathroom sink on? I'm like, I didn't leave the bathroom sink on. Um. You know, is it possible that I did? You know, sure. But I was like, I don't think that's something that uh, you usually do. So, you know, a couple things here and there, but not anything, um, nothing in so far as like describing John Buck. That was kind of it for Lydia. I mean, if you ask her about it, she'll kind of tell you, say he's funny. um, But, but that's really it. Yeah. Now you said you saged. Have you really thought about bringing a medium in? I've thought about it, but I'm a little scared too, because um, I, I don't know what they're going to say, uh-huh. but I would like to, I think I would like to, there's been um, a couple of my friends that live in town that um, knew of the house before even I did, have been interested in it. So we're t- talking about maybe sort of doing like a medium seance night <gasps> when it's obviously safe for people to be indoors together. Um, so I've, I've toyed with it, but I'm also very afraid of what could come up. I am 100% invited to that mm. seance night, right? Definitely. Right. No, we should. And then we can do a follow-up and see if there's any additional information. All right. right. There's not enough right. liquor in One, the world. Also, I in. don't know if this is, I'm not sure if this is a relevant fact too, but when looking up all the information on him, you know, there's not much, but we did find out that he had either a sister or a daughter named Lydia, which is <gasps> my daughter's name that they chat with. What? So I was like, maybe they chat because they have the same name. He likes the name. Not sure. What um, are the odds of that? I know. I kind of agree. I mean, that's when I saw that name, I was like, Ugh. that's insane. Yes. So if we do, if we do a medium or seance, I will invite you and let you know. And, or here's my thing. I am afraid that if I open myself up to this, something will latch on. And won't let go. And I'm mostly, di- yeah. I, I'm afraid to disappoint whatever ghost gets It'll in my body. It'll be like body. the fly on Mike Pence. Just every <laughs> Just time. hanging out they on someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so this, um, is, this, this was a really. That has taken a turn. I, I know. know. Lydia. Her name was Lydia. I know also, too, my sister has spent the night. Um, and his when she spent the night, she said that she's heard things in the middle of the night you know, bump something in the closet, 
what have you. Um, and Lydia, Lydia was like, oh, yep, yeah, yeah. Like, that checks out. Like, I like it. Was like, okay, yeah, auntie, I know what you're talking about. Um, but so then so, where does he sleep? I mean, I haven't noticed that, but I've heard that. Do you he know, do you know which room was his bedroom? Um, yes, it was the guest bedroom. And is that where your sister slept? Yes. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yes. this is on. This is 100% happening. We're going to find yes, you a so really good medium. I know I need to look up one. I've, I've kind of done a little research locally, um, but I'm not loving what I see so far. So I need to, <laughs> well, I need to do some research. It's not really a yellow pages type thing. Exactly. I'm like, what do I do? Like Facebook marketplace? I wasn't really sure. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and be a little more <laughs> strategic well, about it. We will put it out there on the internet and let's see if anybody is out there who knows a really good medium, get in contact with us, dearpodofficial at gmail.com. Let us know. Yeah. Reach out to us on awesome. social media at dearpodofficial. And uh, and we'll try to get you a good medium. Uh, we may have a psychic coming in next week, so I can ask Ooh. her if she has any connects. Though I that am not be near wonderful. you. I will. I'll be listening to that for sure. There's got to be a good Boston medium. I mean, God, I'm be. sure. Yes, probably even one in the town. I just haven't done enough research yet. I just hope that if there is one, it sounds like Matt Damon. Oh, definitely has to have a thick like, Could you accent. imagine yeah. a medium coming into your house and be like, "Kid, this place is wicked haunted." <laughs> Holy shit, kid. <laughs> That's the only type of medium I would want. The, the <laughs> to thing be is, like, I would be there and I'm like, I need, Aaron, I don't understand a single word that the medium just said. <laughs> and then I have to translate. <laughs> I'm going to interpret a translator, but Matt fine. Damon to English. <laughs> How do you like them apples, kid? Wait, are we having apples now? I, I was understand. so confused. I was the told whole, there'd be. <laughs> the whole time I thought we were eating. Well, I guarantee you, when we come to that seance, we're bringing pecan pie. And uh, a change yep. of pants, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any more questions before we release Emily back into her haunted mansion? Um, does she play with him or does she just see him? He hugs her. Don't even tell me Emily's gone again. Are you there? I, I do have a positive relationship. She'll, she'll, you know, I'll hear her chat in the other room and I'll do stuff. Um, the, only, the only thing she said, <laughs> which is creepy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's creepy if uh, your daughter's hugging <laughs> yeah. ghosts. Um, but, I mean, no, I mean, that's totally fine. I don't want to. It's totally, her. It's I don't want to scare anybody. It doesn't seem like They're anything. Married. No. Bad is happening. It just seems like there's things that are happening. No, exactly. Oh my God. Every time we talk about him, every time the internet cuts out. Are you there? <laughs> We're losing you again. And I think John Buck, it's, it's his way of saying, stop talking crap about me on a podcast. So we don't want to anger the gods okay. anymore. I thank you He's so much for sharing your definitely story. Definitely not, because I got to go home. Yeah, you got to live there. I got to go home there. Thank you so much. Thank well, you go for get joining us today. <laughs> I can't wait for you to hear this episode. And, and good luck with the rest of uh, of course. Oh my, thank you so much for everything. I what can't wait. What a wonderful story. We will be first in line with Pecan Pie and we're going to be terrified. Thank you okay. so much. Send my love to your whole family. <laughs> Thanks so much. Okay. Bye. 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 That was terrifying. You can't tell me. Every time we 
started talking about him, it got scrambled. It, yeah, that's... In depth. Yeah, it was like, oh, we got off the topic. He was fine with it. The second that we start to delve a little too deep. It, she turned into Rosie the Robot. <laughs> like, it, it was like, no, it's totally fine. And then he started hugging. <laughs> and then they started dating. And then all of a sudden, he's hanging upside down in the closet. First, I thought she was being dramatic, and I was I, like, "This is how to tell a haunted I'm house like, this story." This is great. And Wait, then, she's oh, are you really are slowing? You... Stroking? <clears throat> and then that pixelation—it's like, it's like when you know Caroline's voice is like she's running in the spirit, and they're like, "Can you imagine if you get abducted, and the only way that you can talk to people is through a twenty-four-inch uh, Sony?" No. With with uh with the rabbit ears, that sucks. That I mean, like my kingdom for a ham radio. Like I guess we shouldn't have bought that Dish Network. <laughs> She's still, <laughs> can you imagine? She's you, stuck in the Dish Network on Channel Seven. I am stuck in between planes, and now my parents decide to go satellite. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? This is an intense scone. Is it? Jesus, Donatello. Do you, do you like no, no, I needed something to prop the it's door no open. It's no longer Donatello's. It's Donatello. Why do I keep calling it Donatello? <laughs> you walk in and just some some woman in a beaded gown. Can I help you? I don't believe in eating this crap, but I believe in serving it to you. Listen, whatever's left in this ashtray is what I'm selling. Just like my clothing, it is tasteless. I have one scone left, and if you're fat, you'll eat it. All right, are we ready? Let's do a haunted specialty cocktail this week. So give me a haunted, give me a creepy. Can you give me the sound again, that thing? Yeah, do this. There we go. Mm-hmm. Give me that. Mm. Oh, it's time for specialty cocktail. Specialty drink, 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 cocktail. Specialty This week's specialty cocktail is the ghostly mule. Because James Jules Ferris thinks autumn drinks are a necessity year-round. You'll need one and a half ounces of vodka, three ounces of apple cider, one ounce of lemon juice, and three ounces of ginger beer. Pour the vodka, cider, and lemon juice in a copper mule mug. Add ice. You better stir to mix. Top it with ginger beer. Garnish with a cinnamon stick and or an apple slice. The tasting notes. We're not in Moscow anymore. This mule is a haunting memory of what we were once drinking in the days before masks. Drive up testing stations and dipping your entire body in hand sanitizer. Sanitize me. The addition of apple cider in this classic drink is a weird addition of what you can't have again after you walk toward that light, Carol Ann. I'm out of my mind. I wish that sentence was better written. God, I love a drink in a copper mule mug. It makes all nice and frosty on the outside. 
And to all of you out there who are saying, Jules, haven't you heard? Those copper mugs are bad for your health. You shouldn't be drinking anything out of those. Keep your thoughts to yourself. To those people I say, well, yeah. You know, shut up. It should not. <laughs> <gasps> there we go. Delivered in a copper mug. Oh, not. Please don't drip it near the velaments. It's, it's. Those velaments are haunted, haunted. Look at this thing. It looks so folly. That is a, that's a petrified apple slice right there. Oh, she's dried and she just fell off. She fell off the side of my mug. It's not an apple slice. It's a finger. <laughs> <laughs> to you, I say cheers. Cheers. Joke on it. Joke. <laughs> I can't get it in my mouth. It's so full. Oh, yeah. That is delicious. Delicious. And evil. Haunted. Eerily delicious. Terrifyingly tasty. Terrifying. Apple picking. Terrifying. Apple picking is terrifying. White people apple picking. When your spouse turns to you and says, you, go into this field with me. No, no. Trust me. I'm going to kill you. Do you like McGowan's? Jonah. Macintosh! This is delicious. I love this little... It's a delicious fall beverage. Beverage, beverage. I hope it's not poisoned. I hope there's no raisin bites in it. (laughs) (laughs) This specialty cocktail is delicious. I feel like everybody should try it. It's very icy, too. I like an icy apple cinnamon beverage. I have a very low threshold. Like, there's a very quick time of the year. Where I am okay with a cinnamon apple flavored thing. And it is now. We are in the thick of it. Not September. It's October, November. And even in December, it gets phased out. Apple, cinnamon, pumpkin all get phased out for me. I don't. I'm not a big fan of pumpkin. So. Get out. Okay. Get out. Oh, no. You heard You heard the alarm lady go back door. Door. No, it's <laughs> It's closed. It's fine. It's closed. Closed. It's, I'm, I'm fine. Closed, fine. Closed. Thank you. Thank you. ADT. ADT. All right. Dick. I want to thank all of our special guests for calling in and sharing their ghost stories with us this week. And now we are leaving you with another final ghost story from Brooklyn Jones. 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 Um, right before I moved to LA, I lived in an apartment with roommates, and I found out. I didn't know this at first, but the roommate's son used to live in the room that I currently lived in and he died. And I think he still occupied that room because um, sometimes I would feel him sit on the foot of my bed. I would feel my bed way down. And I, One time he sat on my bed. I felt the bed way down and I said, get off of the bed. And as soon as I said that, the bed popped back up. Like somebody stood up and got off the bed. And I will also feel him touch my face sometimes. Like it was like a cold thing rubbing up and down my face. And I would talk to it like, please leave me alone because you're scaring me. And um, yeah, the house that I live in now out here in Los Angeles, I live in an apartment, a one bedroom apartment. And there's something in this house as well. Um, When I first moved here, there was this weird, well, my mom and I lived together. There was this weird tapping in the living room and it freaked my mom out. And I was like, you know, well, maybe it's the pipes or something like that. And it wasn't the pipes because it would only do it as she was falling asleep. 
So it's like, it didn't like us relaxing. So as soon as we like get comfortable and start to fall asleep, it would tap, like wake up. And it would do that all the time. And my mom freaked out so much that she came running in my room and she was like, I can't like, I can't stay in there because it would tap and it would tap over the bed. So she was like, you know what? I'm going to move my bed. She moved her bed and it tapped over there. It followed her. So that's how we knew it wasn't the pipes. So um, I started to sage the apartment. Once I started to smudge like with the sage, the tapping slowed down at first and then I sm smudged again and it stopped altogether. Now I've been living here for almost four years now. I haven't heard the tapping, but I sage every once in a while. But I know whenever it's time to sage because whatever is here gives me nightmares. So when I start to have nightmares, I sage the house and then the nightmares stop or subside. But whatever is here um, takes our belongings sometimes. So, and it takes petty things, like weird things. Like uh, the, the craziest thing that happened was, um, you know, those prongs that you cook with, they're, they're like clamps, you pick things out of the frying pan with it. We have a pair of those and there's a ring that goes around it that keeps them closed when you're not using them. The ring disappeared one day. And instead of buying a new one, we just kept that one, but it was annoying because it wouldn't close. And we're like, what the hell happened to the ring? So uh, one day the exterminator came to like, every every like six months or whatever they come to like make sure the house doesn't have bugs and they spray and everything so we had to leave the house and we came back a few hours later and my mom's like well they've been spraying all this poison in the house let me clean the kitchen to make sure there's no poison like on our countertops and stuff so she scrubbed the countertops down like moved everything off of there was nothing on the countertop she scrubbed them down and she's like you know I'm gonna go rest while the countertops dry once the countertops dried, she went back into the kitchen and the ring for the prongs was sitting in the middle of the countertop. Now, she knows that she didn't put it there because she just scrubbed down the countertop. She would have seen it, you know? So she comes in my room. She's like, hey, you found the ring to the prongs. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I haven't seen that ring in months. She's like, well, it was on the countertop. I'm like, well, I didn't put it there. She's like, well, I didn't put it there. So that's one thing. And then there's these pink sporks that show up in our kitchen randomly. Neither of us know where they come from. They're just like these little pink spoon fork things. And I used them. And I was like, you know, I like, there was one at first. And I was like, I like this little pink thing, but I don't, don't know where we get them from. So I got to hold on to this one because we only got one. Then one day I went in the kitchen, we had another one. So I'm like, oh snap, we got two of these. So I told my mom, I like these little <laughs> sporks that you get. And she's like, I, I didn't get those. I was wondering where you got them. I'm like, I, I have no idea where these things come from. And now there's three in the kitchen. So neither one of us know where these sporks are coming from, but they're just randomly showing up in our kitchen. So uh, shout out to the ghost for giving me more of these sporks because I did need more because I, I was nervous about trying to keep up with the first one that I had. Now I got three of them. <laughs> I am in love with the ghost that moves. To I like shout out to the ghost for delivering me sporks because I like them so much. I had to say something. <laughs>